Hey, what's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Dylan's Discourse. And the playoffs are finally here for your President's Trophy winner, Florida Panthers. Gosh, does that feel good to say. President's Trophy winner. We're finally getting another banner up in FLA Live Arena next year. And yeah, the Panthers were the best team in the league this year. And by a wide margin, they had one of the greatest offenses that this league has really seen in a whole lot of time. Basically, since the salary cap era, they've been the best offense. So many goals they were putting up. They were just unstoppable on offense. And they'll face off against the Washington Capitals, who come in as the second wild card seed in the East. Definitely going to be a little bit of a tough matchup for the Panthers, but I think the Panthers can take care of business against the Capitals, and I'll explain why in this episode, and let's just get right into it. So game one, this Tuesday night at 7.30 at FLA Live, I'll be there, I hope I see get to see tons of you at FLA Live, basically throughout this entire playoffs, I'll be attending as many games as I possibly can, and for the Panthers, there's going to be a big storyline attached to the start of the playoffs, and that is the return of Aaron Ekblad, he suffered an injury right around the trade deadline, Hasn't played since then. They've placed him on LTIR. He had a full practice today. Uh, paired up with Mackenzie Wieger during practice. Uh, full participant. So he looks to be ready to go for game one. Andrew Brunette hasn't fully come out and said that he'll be playing Tuesday night. But we can basically assume that he'll be ready for game one. So Aaron Ekblad's return on this team immediately bolsters this defense. Uh, this was a defense that during the month of April might have struggled just a little bit without Aaron Ekblad. You had Mackenzie Wieger and Ben Schrott as your top pairing. But with Aaron Ekblad really back on that top pairing, you get to move some of those guys down. Ben Schrott, I think, will do a lot better against uh, a little bit less tough, about little less tough uh, opposition, especially and less minutes as well. Even though I did think Ben Schrott, he was a lot better than kind of what I expected uh, when we first got him in the trade. But I think playing on the second or even third pairing, he'll be even that much better. And that return of Mackenzie Wieger and Aaron Ekblad, who, in my opinion, is a top five defensive pairing in the NHL, that will be really great. And it's just in time. It's just what we needed. And whether the Panthers did circumvent the cap a little bit, they really didn't go over by that much. All they really did was take on some extra salary from that like Max Domi to Carolina trade. So it really wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, nowhere similar to what Tampa did last year with the whole Kucherov situation, but it looks like Aaron Ekblad is ready to return, and I think he will be a force to be reckoned with for the Florida Panthers as they face off against a Washington Capitals team whose offense can be good, especially with Alex Ovechkin, and he's someone you always have to look out for, but their depth just isn't there, and I'll get a little bit more into that later in this episode. The other big storyline for the Panthers is going to be the goaltending. I think whichever way this series goes, the Florida Panthers goaltending is going to play a big role. And I think the same is also true for Washington, but it's especially true with Florida, where we've really just seen inconsistent goaltending from the Panthers all season long. You'll have stretches like Spencer Knight, who went 6-1, and one, who was incredible, the rookie of the month for the month of April. And then you have stretches where Sergei Bobrovsky, who had basically two-game stretch where he had given up five or six goals. Each of those games got pulled in favor of Spencer Knight. But then you also have stretches where Bob is 
incredible. And he's giving up no more than two goals in every single one of those games. So you really don't know what type of goaltender you're going to get for the Florida Panthers. Now, Sergei Bobrovsky will be the game one starter. We're not quite sure how big of a leash he'll get, how long of a leash he'll get, whether it's a one-game leash. If he has a bad game, game one, do they throw Knight in there for game two? That's still something that we'll just have to really wait and see. We're not fully sure on that. I, In my opinion, I think he really only should have that one-game leash. Knight has been that good that I would trust him, throwing him into a game two situation if Bob does struggle a little bit in game one. However, they might have a two-game leash on him. It's really just wait and see to see what will come out of that. But I don't even think we need Bob to be $10 million goaltender Bob. I think if we just get average goaltending out of Sergei Bobrovsky, the Panthers should win this series pretty easily. The Panthers' offense is so good that if Bob is giving up, let's just say three goals a night, I feel confident the Panthers win that series. I find it really difficult that the Panther that Washington can hold the Panthers to under three goals for four different games in a seven-game series. That just doesn't seem likely to me. Um, I think that just average goaltending is really all the Panthers need out of Sergei Bobrovsky or out of Spencer Knight, whichever one is going to end up getting some playing time, and they will basically cruise through. The And this kind of brings me into a topic of conversation that I've seen on Twitter over the last few weeks in the, they can score a lot of goals, but in the playoffs, it's a completely different game. Can they win those two to one games? Who cares? The Panthers have scored, I think it's five, at least five goals more times than they've been held under three goals this season. Their offense is so good that they don't need to win two to one games. If you're asking, can Sergei Bobrovsky hold Washington and can the defense hold Washington to a one-goal game, then that's a question that could be asked. But I think if the Panthers are only scoring two goals in a game, that is a bigger issue in itself because this Panthers play style is really predicated on the fact that they're going to be scoring four to five goals a game at least. You know, we've seen games this season where they're scoring six, seven, eight. If they're only scoring two... That is the bigger issue. It's not the issue of, of, oh, their defense can't handle it. The issue is, no, the offense didn't perform because this team is based off of the high-powered offense that can go out there. They can score five goals a game, and that's what you need out of them. And I think that is what we'll see. So I really don't care about the, can they win a two-to-one game? If it if they had to, yes, I think they can. I mean, I remember they've beaten uh, Carolina three-to-two this year. I think they've beaten Tampa like four-to-one or four-to-two this year. So... We've beaten good teams in low-scoring games throughout this entire season. So this can-they-win-two-to-one games logic is just kind of flawed, in my opinion. I wouldn't really even look that much into it. And I think just get ready for high-powered offense. I think both ways it's going to be high-scoring games. But throughout this entire series, we'll see a lot of high-powered offense. The other thing I want to talk about is I had my last podcast was the Trade Deadline podcast. So I wanted to go back and touch a little bit about some of those players that I talked about in Claude Giroux and Ben Chirot. And wow, Claude Giroux repping us gingers strong. 23 points in the 18 games he's played since the trade deadline. Only three goals in that, however. Three goals and 20 assists. Maybe not exactly what you would have expected from Claude Giroux, but still very impressive that he's over a point per game uh, nonetheless. He has been really impressive playing great with Jonathan Huberto or really wherever they've been playing him. He's been on the power play. I've really just loved him there. He's been a great addition there. And even though they did have the five forward power play rolling, I think they'll probably switch that up with Aaron Ekblad coming back in. They'll probably go back to the four forwards and Aaron Ekblad. I wonder if they take Anthony Duclair 
out of the power play, but I think you have to keep uh, Claude Drew there, you keep Barkov, you keep Huberto, and you probably keep Reinhardt as well, so then you just throw Ekblad in there and take out Duclair, I think that's the proper way to go about that, but Claude Drew has really just been so good, even with just some of the passes he's been making, and he is scoring low and deep into the goal, so I've been really impressed out of him. The other player that I talked a little bit about earlier is Ben Chirot, and this was a trade that I really was not happy with at the time that we made the trade. I thought it was a big mistake by Bill Zito. I thought we gave up way too much at the time. And I just thought Ben Sherratt really just was not very good. I didn't really see the purpose that he had on this team. Obviously, with Aaron Ekblad going down, it helped to get another defender uh, really just as depth. But I really didn't think Ben Sherratt was the guy for the team. However, he has impressed me. He hasn't been a superstar. But he has been nowhere near as bad as I thought he would. So I will take the blame. I will say I was wrong because he has impressed. He's been pretty nice, especially paired up with Mackenzie Wieger. I think they pair well together. Wieger is definitely complimenting his game. He's helping him out a little bit more defensively. And I think Sherratt is really working well with him. I'm curious to see what will go forward, especially if Mackenzie Wieger gets paired back up with Aaron Ekblad in these playoffs. Who do you see with Brandon Mont with uh, Ben Chirot? Do you pair him up with Brandon Montour, which I believe was the pairing at today's morning skate? I believe the pairing was Uyghur and Ekblad, Forsling and Gudis, and then Chirot and Montour. How is that going to work? Because Montour does have that very offensive uh, play style. Is he going to be able to cover on defense and help out Chirot defensively? That is something that I'm going to be curious to look out for. But if Chirot can really keep anywhere up, near the play that he was playing with Mackenzie Wieger, I'm very curious to see what will end up happening uh, throughout these playoffs and hope, hopefully more than just the first round this year. Moving on to the Capitals side of things and what we might be able to expect really from the Capitals, the number one thing to me that sticks out is really just their awful goaltending. The Capitals have had two goaltenders this year and we really don't know who is going to be starting game one. I don't think that's been announced. They've played basically evenly split times throughout this entire season, and that's Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. Neither of them have been particularly good. Vanacek has been the better goaltender, giving up 2.67 goals against average with a 9.08 save percentage. Uh, Samsonov comes in with a 3.02 goals against average and an 8.96 save percentage. So looking at those stats alone, you would assume Vanacek gets game one, but you really don't know. And I think it's another situation where incredibly short leash, short leash for the Capitals where one bad game and their other goaltender is immediately coming in. That's also something you could see really throughout the entire playoffs with many different teams in the league unless you're you know, Tampa Bay Lightning and you have Andre Vasilevsky. He's obviously going to stay in basically every single game. But it's another team in the Capitals that we don't know who we're going to get goaltending-wise. And that could change basically every single night, just depending on if they have a good or a bad game. So something to look out for. But the Panthers already have a high offense. Scoring goals against this Capitals team, it should not be something that they struggle with, especially against these goalies. Panthers have scored five goals, three goals, and then five goals again in their three games against the Capitals this year. So they've been able to score against them, averaging over four goals a game. It's exactly what you would expect from this Panthers team, and I would really think that it will continue into this playoffs and into this first round. The other thing about the Capitals that jumps out at me is just the lack of scoring depth that they have. You compare it to the Panthers, 
who have 11 different players who have over 50 points on the season. The Capitals only have five players with over 50 points. They really struggle with having that scoring depth. Obviously, they have those top guys. They have their Alex Ovechkin that really can score. And that is no surprise to anyone. However, if you are able to successfully lock up Alex Ovechkin and just limit him, there's not much else that really scares me on this Capitals team. They don't have, you know, bottom six guys like Mason Marchment, Sam Reinhart that can come out and put up over 40, 50 points. It's just not who the Capitals are. They're going to be scoring a lot with some of those top guys. And if the Panthers can lock them down, it's once again another time when they really shouldn't have an issue winning this series. One other thing that the Panthers struggled with last season, and I could see being a possible issue here, is the penalties. The Panthers need to stay out of the penalty box if they are going to win this series. Last year against the Lightning, they let guys like Pat Maroon get underneath their skin. They took too many penalties. You had uh, boneheaded plays by Sam Bennett where he took that late penalty, ended up getting suspended for Game 2. That really cost them in both Game 1 and Game 2. You can't take penalties. The Capitals are going to try and get under your skin. They have Tom Wilson, one of the most hated players in the NHL, one of the most dirty players in the NHL. You need to be sure that he's not getting to you, that you're able to really just stick with them. Don't take stupid penalties. Try and stay out of the box as much as you can. Yes, you're going to take penalties. Yes, there will be, and I give them that. But you need to be able to stay out as much as you can. Moving on to the special teams, though, however... The Capitals' power play, it's not nearly as good as Tampa's was last season. The Capitals come into this playoffs the 23rd best team on the power play with an 18.6% conversion rate. The Panthers, on the other hand, they're the 6th best team in the league on the power play at 24.4%. So you really have the difference there uh, in terms of the power play. The Capitals, they've got Alex Ovechkin, who obviously has just that incredible shot, that incredible one-timer. You have to have Sergei Borovsky or Spencer Knight be able to get over there in time. You have to be able to block some of those shots on the power play because that's what they're going to be feeding him for. Similar to that Mike Hoffman play style in the power play the Panthers used to have where you know the pass was always going over to Mike Hoffman and Mike Hoffman, he was always just going to fire it for that one-timer. We're going to see that a lot with Alex Ovechkin. They might try and switch it up a little bit, but you've got to stop Alex Ovechkin. That is the key to winning this series as long with staying out of the box. The penalty kill, on the other hand, both of the teams, very average on the penalty kill. The Capitals are 12th best team on the penalty kill at 80.4%, uh, and the Panthers are 16th best at 79.5%. So really no big difference there, less than 1% difference on the penalty kill percentage, so not a huge difference there. Looking back at previous games between these two teams, it's actually been closer battles than you might have thought. Panthers won game one, 5-4 in overtime, and that was a game where they had, I believe it was one or two goals that were waved away because of goaltender interference, where basically a lot of those goals could have been called goaltender interference, but they weren't. They ended up blowing a 4-1 to one lead in that first game before they won it in overtime for game one. Remember, that was one of the few games of the season I wasn't actually able to attend live because I had a school football game that I was calling that day, but I remember following that game on my phone, kind of freaking out while I'm calling my school's football game, and then... Remember, it started pouring rain, and I watched that overtime just in my car on my phone. So that was a fun experience. Anyways, game two, the Panthers lost up in Washington. They lost that one four to three. I believe Verhagen Reinhardt had goals in that game, and that was a regulation loss. Not a great game, but 
Panthers moved on from that, and later in that week, they won again in regulation, 5-4 to four, the Panthers, and if you remember, that was that incredible third period comeback where they scored four, four goals in that third period. The crowd wasn't huge at that game, but I remember that being one of the loudest games I've almost ever experienced at FLA Live Arena. The Cardiac Cats were at it again. That was really the start of it. I remember they came back the day after that and had another another insane comeback against the Sabres that day. But that was really the start of the Cardiac Cats. When they came back, they were down 4-1, ended up winning 5-4 with a Reinhardt goal with like seven seconds left in that game. It was a kind of a softie they gave up, but the Panthers can score goals and they can score goals quickly. I remember they completely dominated that third period. If the Panthers can dominate, they don't even need to dominate anywhere near as much as they did in that third period of that third game against Washington. They will win the series. That third period just showed that the Panthers were really so much better than Washington when they decide to turn it on. It's just a matter of when will they turn it on? When will they keep it on? They need to be able to keep it on and play a full 60 minutes. You can't have it where you're only playing strong like that for one period of the game. You've got to go all 60 minutes if you want to win. But once again, it's a Washington team that doesn't have much scoring depth, so you shouldn't have much of an issue there. The other thing is all of those games happened way back in November. A lot has changed since then. The Panthers have gotten Claude Giroux. They've gotten Ben Chirot since then. The trade deadline happened. A whole lot has changed. The goaltending has gotten worse for Washington. The Panthers have kind of came who came into who they are. Sam Reinhart has blossomed into a much better player since November. Really, he needed one month to get going, and then he was off to the races. Now he's over a point per game on the season. So very different teams from what we saw back in November. So I don't know if you can really look too much into what we saw in those three games, but the Panthers did come out with four out of six points in those games. The Capitals only coming out with three of six points in those games. So we'll just have to see. And my prediction, I'm saying Panthers in six. This could very easily be a sweep for the Panthers. I think they are by far and away the much better team. However, I'm still a Panthers fan at the end of the day. It's very difficult for me to come out and say the Panthers are going to sweep because, well, we've faced so much heartbreak throughout the, throughout the years. I mean, I've never seen the Panthers win a playoff series once in my life. Been on this planet for 18 years, never once see them. And I'm sure there's lots of people here listening. I mean, they haven't won a playoff series since 1996. I think they, they need to win game one. That is very important. They haven't won game one of a playoff series since 1997. And... You know, obviously they haven't won the playoff series since 1996, but hopefully this is the year that finally changes as we finally defeat the Washington Capitals to move on to the second round of the playoffs. I cannot wait. I hope to see so many people at these games. I'll be available. If anyone wants to meet up with me, I'll be at those games. Just send me a message on Twitter. You can at me or just DM me or whatever you want. I'd love to meet up with tons of you guys. And I know there's people flying in from out of state or just driving in from far distances to come to these games. So I can't wait. We're going to get some sellout crowds going at FLA Live Arena. And it is going to be an incredible experience. If you don't have tickets already, make sure you get them. Try and come out to some of these games because we are turning South Florida into a hockey town. And it's going to be awesome. Anyways, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, everyone. And go Panthers. Thank you.